Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentations of the women. Wrong! Conan, in 2020, what is best in life? To have an open discussion with your enemies, see the goodness in their intentions, and to hear what women have to say about their inherited reality of institutionalized patriarchy that has sexually subjugated them for centuries upon centuries upon millennia, going back to the dawn of man, where misogyny first reared its ugly head. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 3. Schlock. Mesdames et messieurs, señores y señoritas, toda la gente en Los Angeles, bienvenidos, bienvenue, welcome, welcome to the show. So ya thought ya might like to go to the show. And here we are. Back in action. How y'all doing today? This is Alex Rogers, reporting and recording from a timeless zone in which your listening is the now. And well, here we are once again in downtown Los Angeles. Downtown! Because <laughs> here you are into the Downtown, people are crazy in downtown. It smells like urine in downtown. Talking to yourself and yelling. Yeah. Well, what can I say? There is a certain pride and a certain disgust that goes into such surroundings. So I don't know. I don't really know where I'm supposed to be, folks. All I know is life took me down here. I found a creative family, shout out to the Wild 7 group, and we're just doing our thing. What's been going on here? How are you all doing? Let's, let's start with you. How are you? Can we just check in? Can we just, can we just sort of touch base? 
I want to touch base. And of course, consensual. It'll be a consensual touching of the base. Just a little stroke on the side. Nothing bad. I'll, I'll even do it underhanded. Gentle fingers. We're touching the base. That's right. How does that feel? Oh, good. 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 That's lovely. Well, what has been happening recently? Let's see. How am I feeling today? Kind of a kind of in a good place. A little... Uh, What's going on? I got some kind of like little heebie-jeebies. Sometimes, you know, you're feeling good, but then you also have just a little lingering part going, Mom? So, you know, we're, we're, we're figuring out uh, how to bargain and negotiate the flow of the day. Been working uh, the last few days at that old grocery store. I have this new position that I fill nowadays. It's called the line helmsman. It's the person who uh, really makes sure that people aren't just willy-nilly going up to any cash register out of order. We have to make sure that you line up with social distance. And, ooh, did you hear that hiss? Nice. I was like a good little hiss of a truck. It's almost like a truck is going, yes, fierce. You are perfect, girlfriend. Best life ever. Hashtag. Delivering your goods, trucks. Well, here we are. Another day, not another dollar. In fact, the dollar might be a little has-been thing. Look what I have, Jimmy. What? A U.S. dollar. Oh, that's funny money. In these corona culture times, one will sometimes have when you're being an essential worker like I am. I love it. Essential worker, medical professionals, police and firemen, and me, a grocery store worker. I will guide you to your line and I will keep you socially distanced. Without me, you just might have fucked up your whole life at a grocery store. But I'm here to look out for you folks. You know why? Because I am the line helmsman. I am a line helmsman for the county, and I tell people what to do. I'm tired of telling you to wear your mask on your ugly face, and I need this job more than I want it, and it takes up too much time. And they're honking on the street now. And I'm helms in that line. Well, apologies and shout outs to Glenn Campbell. But the point is, as a line helmsman, I have to make sure that you're not just uh, wandering all over the place and going up to a cash register uninvited. You need to make sure you get into line, maintain that social distance, and then I make sure that you get not even up to the line, but into a little box, a little red square. And some of the older customers try to joke with me, I'm not getting into any red square. And I want to say to them, oh, ma'am, don't you miss your childhood where the biggest concern was maybe America will be turned into communism? Weren't those fun days? Well, in the 60s, we had a free ride and we could pay off everything. After that, we made sure that none of you had the same opportunities. We did all the drugs and we had all the sex, all the greatest movies, and all the greatest trends. 
And once it was over and we had you all as children, we made sure you didn't get any of it. But we'll remind you over and over again that we had life better and we won't contribute to your life being any better either. Well, that, 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 that's what's happening out there in the world, folks. It's this new, it's this new position where I got to make sure that you're going to the right place. And when you come up in that line, I make a little quick, small talk conversation. How are you doing today, ma'am? How are you doing today, sir? Sir or ma'am? I can't really tell because you're wearing a mask. (laughs) But, uh. Let me make sure that you know about the rules. Now, do you know our little square thing? And this goes back to the whole red square and the, and the communist jokes, which got me on some probably needless rant on, on boomers. Sorry, guys. But, but for real, if it's not you, look to your neighbors and be like, hey, 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 we remember Woodstock. Why couldn't we give that to the other generation? Just, just have the conversation. That's all I want you to do. I'm not blaming you, specific boomer listeners, but talk, talk to your peers and just say, hey, Remember how great life was in our generation? How come we didn't shepherd that into the next? Just have the conversation. That's all I'm asking. But when I talk to you all in the line, I like to make little small talk and I'll just say, hey, how you doing today? How's this? And I, I have all these set phrases when people ask me nowadays, how are you doing? And I go, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well as far as I can tell. I'm just surfing the waves of chaos. I've been saying some days I'll take it day by day. And now I'm saying I take it Half hour by half hour. <laughs> Very good. All right. Let, let me get you up at li- in line. Now, here's what you're going to do. And then this is the best part. Some people who have been going to the grocery store a lot, sometimes they'll say, I know, I know, I know. You don't have to tell me. And then they go ahead and they fuck the whole thing up. <laughs> and then you have some people who look utterly petrified. In fact, I think some people think I'm trying to sell them something. I'll be like, hello, are you guys aware of our little uh, standing in the square rule? Our, our, I'm not interested. Just tell me what to do. Yeah, well, sir, that's literally what I'm doing. We've just wasted five seconds of you telling me to tell you what to do as I tell you what to do. But that's fine. Remember, you're from another generation where you had a free ride and you got to do all the drugs and all the sex and all the great music. And uh, clearly, you know better, obviously. Uh, Funny enough, I, I swear this show will not be about Pink Floyd, but we're three for three, baby. This is episode three, and I got some more shit to talk about with Pink Floyd. Got a little beef with all you people. I'm always going to have a little beef. And just a little beef, like a little filet mignon. Just on the side of the plate right here where I go, is that a little beef? It is counterweighted with, of course, some vegetable, along with some uh, carbs, and a little dessert. A little dessert with some little delicious thing on the side. But in the meantime, I have a bit of beef with all of you. And the beef is, I see you all out there wearing your Dark Side of the Moon t-shirts, but are you a real Pink Floyd fan? This lovely lady. Whoa, hello, you hear that big big truck coming through? I wonder if you all can hear that. Anyway, I'm sorry I keep interrupting my flow. I just, I have to point this out. This is, this is a breathing mechanism that we're in. In downtown LA, where it's like you're inside the lungs of a of an outdated robot who's still, met, you know, still going along. It's like I was made in the '80s. I still have this monotonous voice, but I am also now a city boy. You ever get the feeling that uh, just the people who designed machines, they were just like, make sure that the last thing it is is sonorous for the ears, but. uh this person comes up in line, lovely lady, very, very 
this cute girl. She's wearing a Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon t-shirt. And I think you all know what I'm talking about, but if you're at all confused, Google image that or or just look outside and look for the next person wearing the t-shirt because it's very common. And it's a very iconic image and it's a cool image. You know what I'm talking about. Black with a little white trim prism. And that's prism, not prison. Uh, But that would be an interesting prison in which to find yourself. Oh no, I'm in a three-dimensional triangle refracting light and I can't get out. Well then jump on the rainbow beams. And sure enough, there's a rainbow beam coming out of that. So it's a beautiful image. It's, it's all about color. It's about blast and it's cool. But I think it's also kind of become a fashion statement. Again, cool enough. But this girl is in line. And you know another funny thing too, folks? Masks don't take away your attraction. They don't. You can tell who's cute with a mask on. You can tell. You can see those eyes. You can see that hair. And you can tell a lovely person, even with a mask on. In fact, some of you ladies look lovely with masks on. You got that kind of katana look. A little Mortal Kombat reference. God damn, L.A., keep it down out there. I don't know if you're hearing this, folks, but we are inside the lungs here. L.A. took a giant hit, and, we, and we're inside that big little blast that it, it's smoking. Well, um, this girl comes up. It's her turn. In line, I see her and I go, oh, how you doing today? Oh, and I look at her shirt and I say, by the way, I love me some Pink Floyd. I've been listening to the whole discography recently. The whole journey is fantastic. Wouldn't you agree? You start out in this 60s psychedelic rock scene. Then they don't know what they're doing. They're middling. They're kind of doing this sort of noodling and finding the sound. And then Dark Side of the Moon comes out and they blow the world apart. And then it doesn't stop there. You go into Wish You Were Here, Animals, The Wall. I'm not really into the final cut, but I can definitely do it. And I used to really not like the Gilmore-led Pink Floyd albums after the fact, but I I thought that they have a real really good sound and just ultimately isn't it cool how Pink Floyd is not just a rock band but it is a movement that captures every generation to which she said yes uh 911 uh, I I need help no I don't I don't know if uh how she was thinking but she definitely did not seem a interested and b kind of didn't really seem to know what I was talking about and I was like oh So you're just wearing the shirt because it looks cool. So I just want to challenge you all out there. Any of you wearing that dark side of the moon t-shirt? I see what you're doing. But are you just wearing that to look cool? Do you like them pretty rainbows? Or are you listening to their albums fully? In fact, have you even listened to the whole album you're touting on your torso? That one, dark side of the moon. Maybe you just heard one track from it. Probably time or money as they are played on some random radio station. But probably the version you only heard was the one where that amazing opening to time where you're hearing the scary clock chimes and the building of the percussion that's going to lead to this killer drop. That whole part has a dude talking over it saying, this weekend, make sure you get your last tickets to the Salinas Fairplex. It's family fun all year round. And don't forget, this is a voice that is completely based in fake because I sold out my dreams and now I have to talk this way. 
Alex, don't you kind of talk like that half the day? Well, I do. It, it, it is true. So are you kind of lampooning yourself as you try to make fun of others? Well, I'm afraid it does come to, with the turf. I mean, <laughs> after all, Newton's third law, for every action there is an equally and opposite reaction. So <laughs> you think you're stimulating the public? No, you're jerking yourself off in front of everyone else. But Pink Floyd, don't just wear the T-shirt. Look into what it is. Enjoy it. Immerse yourself in it, baby. What else? I've, I've still been um, deep in my uh, Black Sabbath explorations. God damn, they're fucking good. And again, this is a guy who only knew a couple hits, and now I've been absorbing the first five albums. I told you guys last time that Master of Reality, that's still my favorite. And, I, and I'm liking everything I'm hearing, but I got to say Master of Reality is a sound that I didn't even think I was quite into. It's super grungy. Never really been the biggest grunge fan, but this is grunge roots. So I love hearing a sound that kind of got copied for the rest of time. And to this day, people are still... I learned what they did. They had to down-tune the guitar because it was hurting the guitarist's fingers to play any higher. So it's this thing called C-sharp. And that's where you get that really kind of kind of jumbled, warbled doom sound in a guitar where you kind of feel like, oh, fuck, a big satanic army is coming. And yet, a satanic army that is letting out pink petals of beauty. And if you heard that big bump right there, it's because my thumb hit the uh, chord. I'm a gesticulating fellow. He's such a gesticulator. (laughs) What else? You know what's been keeping me also um, kind of as a happy boy recently? little chicken soup for the soul. I've been watching old sword and sorcery films from the 80s. Oh, baby. More than half of them are complete garbage. And I love them all. It's total schlock. But you know what actually has some money behind it? It's the Conan movies. I've been re-watching the Conan films. In fact, I've been, I did recently uh, sort of the loose trilogy. Well, Conan 1 and 2 are pretty well connected. One can look at Conan the Destroyer and say, okay, you kept Mako, but why isn't Jerry Lopez in this one? Why, where's Subatai? Why do you have this dork Malik who keeps going, wait, it's worth a fortune. I have a terrible little sideline to say for every moment. I'm the comic relief. Yeah, they, they messed up a little bit in Conan the Destroyer, and I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, I absolutely embrace it as part of canon. In fact, it actually follows the whole uh, party sense. Not party like, hey man, you want to come be loud and be stupid? I mean like, you know, Fellowship of the Ring. An actual group of heroes who have to go in, raid the crypt, get the jewel, fight some enemies, and make it out alive. It's got a lot of that. What I forgot about, what's so cool about um, Conan the Barbarian, the first one, One forgets that Conan does everything. He's not just a noble hero with a sword. He actually is very much a hedonist. He loves himself some sex. He loves himself some drugs. Do you all remember that he and his buddy Subatai pick up something called Black Lotus? By the way, this is very interesting. I watched the movie the other night, and the next morning... It's announced in the news that Ron Cobb, the art director of the movie, who also plays a small role as the merchant who sells them Black Lotus. R.I.P. to you, sir. He passed on. I believe he, I think he also did art direction for Alien, which 
guys know at this point, I can't fucking stop talking about. But this was obviously a wonderful contributor to the oeuvre of cinema. So to you, sir, we say salute. But yeah, there's this scene where Conan and his buddy Subatai pick up Black Lotus, which appears to be something that you chew and you trip on. And right after that scene, you get that famous, you are slats. And Conan punches the damn camel. He punches a damn camel for no reason. And that is where him calling a bunch of ladies sluts, that was, you know, that's just a Tuesday night. But when he punches the camel, everyone in town gives him a look saying like, yo, Conan, nice juicy arms and all, but you got to get the fuck out. Well, let me give you all a proper tip on watching Conan the Barbarian. If you're familiar with the movie, you know, do this. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it properly. But score yourself a lovely Blu-ray copy, even a DVD copy if you must, because the commentary by Arnold Schwarzenegger and the director, John Milius, is fucking gold. There are some commentaries where you kind of get a little disappointed. You're like, oh man, these two are kind of just wasting time. They're not talking about anything cool. Watch it. Listening to these guys watch their own movie is so entertaining because on the one hand, they're kind of like in awe of the great work that they've done, but they're also kind of lampooning and talking shit about their movie. And I love when filmmakers and stars aren't, you know, they're, they're not above the work they made. They're not just spending the whole time going, look at this shot. And I, and I want to thank you once again. And you were so brilliant in the scene and everything. They're just, they're like straight up. John Milius will imitate Arnold. Like there's a part where Arnold says, come, let's leave this place. And then you just hear the director go, come, let's leave this place. And then Arnold giggles about it. They're, they're talking about things. And by the way, it is, it's delicious and wonderful hearing Arnold basically just point at things on the screen and just report what's happening. Not really offering any deeper thing than, yeah, he, he's, he's crafting the sword. The whole movie's about that. You're like, really? <laughs> is it really about that, Arnold? Have you watched your own movie? And it's so delightful hearing him kind of giggle throughout the movie and go, oh, I, <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot about that. There's uh, the part where, uh, <laughs> where Conan discovers this uh, crypt, this sort of old burial ground, and he finds a sword. It becomes his sword in the movie. And you hear Arnold say, Imagine the joy of finding your own sword. <laughs> it's such a... That really... That should be a t-shirt right there of just Conan and... Imagine the joy of finding your own sword. And uh, <laughs> you see a shot of this big temple and he's like, look at that palace. Sure beats the four seasons. <laughs> what? My favorite part, because this is something that buddies do when they watch a movie. It's so good. They have one of the great cameos in that movie is the great Swedish actor who also passed not too recently. Um, is that a term not too recently? Well, whatever. Uh, Max von Sydow. And um, getting Max von Sydow in your movie back then was probably like, probably like getting Anthony Hopkins today in, in the movie you're making. And for those of you who don't know what I mean by Anthony Hopkins, I'll just say, look, Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. 
And if any of you are going, what's Silence of the Lambs? I'm going to say, shame on you, shame on your parents, shame on your life, start over. But Max von Sydow, phenomenal presence, and he plays this king who is just kind of uh, almost like a little crazy, a little cracked. And he, he mulls over this statement because uh, the heroes uh, kind of tell him a, 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 a white lie which one of these episodes, we're going to break down the meaning of white lie because um, that probably is uh, based in some horribly institutionalized racism. Uh, but he, they, they tell him, uh, they kind of fib, let's say fib. They fib that one of their, par- one of their uh, fellow heroes has been fed to the lions. They said the lions ate him and the king repeats this back and says, lions ate him. We got this little siren going on right here. I want to. I don't want the siren to take over my story here. So we're just going to take a quick pause, and I'm going to just think about this. You know, the sirens originally are ladies on a rock who try to make heroes crash their uh, ships in the sea. They would sing these beautiful songs, and it would drive men fucking horny. And I don't quite see the rationale for what. Uh, I was going to say Ulysses, and then the nerd in me goes, don't say Ulysses, that's the Roman representation. you got to go back even earlier, and that's the Greek representation, which is Odysseus. Uh, I don't know a lot of things, folks, but don't fuck with me when it comes to Greek versus Roman mythology. Like, let's get that clear. But uh, Odysseus requires his men to put beeswax in their ears, because I can't have any of you hearing the sirens, because we'll crash. But, and talk about some kinky shit. He's like, I need you men to tie me up to the mast, but don't plug my ears because I want to hear this shit. I want to hear the sexy sounds of the sirens. You all need to keep rowing and put some beeswax in your ears because as we all know, beeswax will just plug up anything. And I'm going to stand here and go, oh God, Mm, keep singing and keep rowing men. But you ladies keep singing. Oh, Keep it up. I'm tied up to the mast, and I need to hear your music. Woo! Well, that was probably more than you needed to have as a visual and audio uh, image, but, well, whatever. Uh, So now that we have this quiet moment here, again, I'll return to my story. Max von Sydow. The lions ate him. When he says that line, you hear John Milius, the director, go, The lions ate him? repeating it back. I love that. I love the director who clearly, you know, the director is is still in awe that they got the great Max von Sydow. And one of my favorite things is, well, it's why we make fun of Marlon Brando. Great performer, but everyone's got a Godfather voice because we kind of know, wow, it's almost larger than life, but they make it work. So you hear John Milius go, the lions ate him. And then Arnold goes, <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. He said, the lions ate him. <laughs> Man, Arnold doing an impression of, a, of another actor? Like, why don't we have more of this? They should sit Arnold down. Well, years ago, a buddy of mine, shout out to you, Fernando, gave me a, uh, a challenge to do Arnold doing Woody Allen. What are you talking about? I raved about you. No, no, no. You, you're perfect. You're, you're a great woman. I, 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 I wouldn't be part of a club that would have me as a member. I, I, I love going back to see these movies. And you know, Conan, bless its heart, it was the only one that actually had any uh, dang uh, funding. 
Because it still looks good, especially that first one, man. Well, actually, they both have money. They both definitely have some money going on in them. And then what's funny, too, is, oh, I mentioned earlier the, the trilogy. Well, there's only two Conan films, but then they made Red Sonja. Same guy who directed Conan the Destroyer, Richard Fleischer, I want to say. He directed Red Sonja. Now, what's confusing about Red Sonja is that Arnold appears once again, except he has more clothes and a bigger vocabulary. And his name is Kalidur this time, not Conan, because I think they couldn't get the rights for him to play Conan. Well, alas. However, it is fun to see him still basically doing the same thing, wielding his sword, and, uh, and that one's a lot of fun. I do not hate any of them. I think they're a lot of fun. And there was a slew of other films made in the 80s, um, and I'm stealing the line of uh, a guy who once broke it down, but he said, oh yeah, we can do that, but for 10 bucks in Argentina. So that's his line. But it, does, it, it applies to the fact that there, uh, Roger Corman, right after the release of Conan, produced all kinds of movies uh, that have amazing cover art by the great artist Boris Vallejo. And then you pop in the flick, and it's just god-awful. Um, sometimes a great soundtrack, obviously a lot of skin. What they really are, folks, unfortunately, is just poorly, not even thinly veiled, no-veil softcore porn with sometimes some swords and sometimes some monsters. And even the monsters are just sad-looking. They're just not impressive. However, you ever watch something that you know is bad, and yet you kind of have this feeling where you're like, it's nevertheless feeding my soul and it's inspiring what things could be. You know, it's kind of like when you watch Quentin Tarantino make a movie where he's doing a send-up to all the great things, you sometimes will look at the sources from which he's drawing and they're not necessarily gold. Even he would be admit, he'd be like, all right, I mean, it's a piece of shit, but I like it, you know, all right? So I... uh Oh, you know what? I forgot another thing that is hilarious. Throughout the whole movie, every time the, the heroin, which is such a funny thing. Why did, why did they call the drug heroin? And then you also have this term heroin for a female hero, which, by the way, hero applies to woman as well. Hero has nothing to do with he. If it's a lady, calling her a heroine is almost helping the patriarchy. Let's call her a hero, shall we? So, Valeria. Valeria. She's the, uh, she's the badass Hero, female hero. In, uh, in, uh, don't say female hero, Alex. We just established a whole speech about equality. Just say hero. Okay, the hero alongside Conan. Whenever she shows up, the director, John Milius, as if he doesn't even remember that he said it five minutes ago, he keeps going, She looked like a Valkyrie. I cast her because she looks like a Valkyrie. Oh, whoa, there, here she is again. Wow. Doesn't she look like a Valkyrie? <laughs> God damn. I, you know what would be great to, to find out? I would love, if some of you write in, what are your favorite commentaries for movies? Because I think the Arnold and John Milius commentary for Conan the Barbarian is stellar. It, it's really worth it. It's almost, it's almost as good as watching the movie without commentary. I want to know what else is, is really good. Not just two guys randomly talking, but funny-ass, unexpected funny-ass moments uh, between people. But uh, back to the uh, little last uh, sum-up of the, uh, the 80s sword and sor sorcery stuff. 
for those who are not easily offended, which nowadays I don't know who you are. I hope you still exist. Check out some highly inappropriate movies that you could never make today, especially Deathstalker 1 and 2. Excellent cover art, really piss poor content, and yet somehow a hell of a lot of fun. Check them all out. All these, uh, Roger Corman produced several of them. You got Deathstalker, you've got Barbarian Queen 1 and 2, you've got uh, Wizards of the Lost Kingdom 1 and 2, you've got, hello, you've got uh, the Warrior and the Sorceress with fucking David Carradine showing up. Oh man, they're just a hell of a lot of fun, man. Whenever I put them in, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a Valkyrie. No, I feel like I'm a kid who is back in his living room, in his first home. You know, it's like a Saturday afternoon. You got your little bowl of SpaghettiOs and it's time to watch some heroes with swords. And, uh, oh man, just the light, the world is falling apart. It always is. It's especially doing that right now. No one knows what the fuck is happening. No one even has a great solution. I am definitely not going to pretend that I have any answers. I'm just a silly dude who likes to make silly voices and sometimes sprinkle that silliness with a bit of sincerity and a little through line of psychedelia. I hope I can continue to do that for this program. And all I can say is, while I don't have any answers... Don't be afraid to double down on some things that make you particularly happy, even if it's dorky to everyone else but you. If it's music that you're almost embarrassed about, it's okay. Listen to it. Get it in your soul. If it's movies that you're kind of like, oh, I know this is kind of a hot piece of garbage, but I like it, do it. Embrace the schlock. Because you're not just supposed to absorb highbrow stuff to become highbrow. I believe in that duality is really unity. And so bring in some silliness and find the sincerity. And then similarly, bring in the sincerity and find the silliness. I wish you all well. Have a beautiful rest of the day. Tune in next time. And may you moan like that truck you just heard. And may you honk like... A honky who no, hold on. <laughs> I'm giving up. Folks, have a good one. Enjoy. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, simpin' after dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil.